coming up in this episode. We are hitting ISIL harder than ever. Coalition aircraft, our fighters, bombers, and drones have been increasing the pace of airstrikes. We're also taking out ISIL leaders, commanders, and killers one by one. We're going after ISIL from their stronghold right in downtown Raqqa to Libya. The point is ISIL leaders cannot hide, and our next message to them is simple, you are next. Almost a year ago, President Barack Obama made those statements. So where are we today? We think we have killed somewhere around 25,000 fighters in ISIL in the last 12 months. But they're still continuing to flow into the region. To include, we've seen some U.S., uh, you know, people in the U.S. who have gone and joined uh, in Syria to, to fight for ISIL. So as the airstrikes, ground incursions, and other attacks continue against the Islamic State group, where are we in the war against the world's richest and most brutal terror organization? We'll hear from General Joseph Votel, commander of U.S. Central Command, Colonel Chris Garber from Operation Inherent Resolve, and two Pentagon spokesmen on this week's edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by TrueCar. There's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know. Using TrueCar can also help you buy a used car. In fact, there are more than 500,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers, discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through the TrueCar certified dealer network. With TrueCar, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience using the TrueCar app or the True Car website, you can easily find the new or used car you want. True Car users save an average of $3,279 off MSRP. More than 2 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are more than 11,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. So, when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar.com or download the TrueCar app to enjoy a better car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Got a very graphic situation. San Bernardino. Upwards of 14 people that are dead. We are now investigating these horrific acts as an act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They I'm want back. you to imagine them in the shadows as something greater than they are. Hostile nation states. They can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. This is Target USA. America in the crosshairs. Whether it's anarchists, cyber criminals, nation states, or terrorists, America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. I'm J.J. Green. Nine months ago, President Obama was emphatic about the progress made against ISIL. We are hitting ISIL harder than ever. Coalition aircraft... Our fighters, bombers, and drones have been increasing the pace of airstrikes, nearly 9,000 as of today. Last month in November, we dropped more bombs on ISIL targets than any other month since this campaign started. 
We're also taking out ISIL leaders, commanders, and killers one by one. We're going after ISIL from their stronghold right down, uh, right in downtown Raqqa to Libya, where we took out Abu Nabil, the ISIL leader there. The point is ISIL leaders cannot hide, and our next message to them is simple, you are next. Every day, we destroy as well more of ISIL's forces. Their fighting positions, bunkers and staging areas, their heavy weapons, bomb-making factories, compounds and training camps. In many places, ISIL's lost its freedom of maneuver because they know if they mask their forces, we will wipe them out. Airstrikes have played a key role in the destruction of ISIL. They've lost territory, leaders, thousands of fighters, and money. To get a good understanding of just how deep those losses are, we spoke with Colonel Christopher Garver from Operation Inherit Resolve on August 19th. All right, sir, let me just begin by asking you uh, right off the bat, What's what's known about the status of the ISIL leadership, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi? Uh, what's known about his status and possible locations? Well, we think he may be in several different locations, and, and, and uh, we hear rumors on the battlefield of, of where he may be. Uh, we continue to attack really all the leaders below him, uh, and we uh, are trying to convince you know, ISIL fighters that Assuming the mantle of the guy ahead of you who just got killed is, is not a good career choice. Not, uh, certainly not one for a, a long-term uh, career, uh, is assuming the mantle of leadership inside, inside ISIL. And we, and we continue to uh, target and kill leaders both in Iraq and Syria. And the, the effort shows as they lose their top-tier leaders, they replace them, uh, but they're not as good is kind of what we're working for. And so... Uh, we're going to see a degradation of their abilities on the battlefield over time. And what we have seen is uh, lowering of morale. Uh, we have seen uh, resistance to orders. You don't see them operating in a coherent manner where different pockets of them will behave in different ways in their own self-interest. And so we have seen what we, antici- uh, you know, what we assess to be uh, a, a weakening of, of leadership and a lowering of morale because of it. What's the latest on their money flow? So we have been attacking their ability to generate revenue and then their ability to store it, distribute it, and use it uh, to pay for the services that they're trying to provide inside this so-called caliphate, but more importantly, to fund their terror operations either inside Iraq or Syria uh, or outside uh, in the rest of the world. And so we have been attacking their primary source of oil, which is illicit, uh, primary source of revenue, uh, which is illicit oil operations Uh, where they're stealing oil, natural gas, and selling it on the black market. Uh, They were making, we estimated, approximately $30 million a month at the heyday. Uh, We believe we have degraded that to more than half. So we think we've cut their revenue stream in half. Uh, We have also gone after their bulk storage uh, of their cash, where they put put it in buildings uh, to be able to destroy it. We think we've destroyed, uh, in the last year, upwards of half a billion or more U.S. dollars uh, worth of money uh, that's been stored around uh, Iraq and Syria by ISIL. And the idea is to pressure the caliphate, pressure ISIL, uh, reduce its, its uh, available capital, and keep it from using that money to export terror or fund operations inside, the Syri- inside Iraq and Syria. And what we have seen is They've reduced the salaries of their foreign fighters who were promised a certain amount of money, and then when they come in and their salaries keep getting cut. 
Uh, we see them raising taxes inside the caliphate to try to fund operations, uh, which is resulting in disgruntled uh, citizenry inside uh, the, the caliphate. So we, we've seen these effects uh, over time. Now, it's, that's a long-term plan over time, but we definitely have seen effects already uh, on the battlefield. And where they would at times bring together a thousand tanker trucks to try to fill those off and go sell black market oil, we've been able to keep them from bringing more than a few together because if they do, our planes from the air are going to catch them and going to destroy them. As the campaign against the Islamic State group continues, the organization is being pinched, in fact, pushed into a very uncomfortable place for them. Their territory is being taken away. 50% of what they had in Iraq has been lost. 25% of their territory in Syria has been taken away. And DOD spokesman, Navy Captain Jeff Davis says... As this campaign pushes on, the Islamic State group is going to become more combative and, in fact, desperate. We have to remember some of the most difficult fighting lies ahead. Mosul and Raqqa, the, the capitals in Iraq and Syria, respectively. Mosul, they are digging in. We're seeing signs that they're building trenches and berms. They're, they're creating big pits full of oil and tires to be able to create uh, obscuration fires. They're digging in with uh, IEDs and they're holding civilians there against their will to serve as human shields. These are going to be very tough fights to, to get past these two capitals that they have. So what are you, what's, what's the approach then for dealing with the scenario in Mosul if, if civilians are, are in the picture? Well, we're working very closely with our partners on the ground. This includes the Iraqi security forces, first and foremost, as well as the Kurdish uh, forces that we work w up with up in that area as well. Uh, and we are, the, we are the nation that conducts the most effective and precise airstrikes uh, ever in the history of the world. And, and what we're able to do in, in ensuring that we are not hitting civilians when we do strikes. But we will work with them. This is going to be a, a tough thing. We know that, that ISIL is an enemy that uses our values against us. Our values are not to hit innocent civilians. They know that, and uh, they use civilians uh, to be able to protect targets. One day before this podcast went live, we spoke with the head of U.S. Central Command at the Pentagon. General Joseph Votel said the Islamic State group is going to have to pick its battles, and it may have to simply cede some of the territory it has to the coalition. And he mentioned Mosul. So we asked him for clarification on that, because as you just heard, Captain Davis just said the Islamic State group is preparing for a very big battle in Mosul. General, two of your spokesmen told us recently, Captain Davis last week said you're expecting some very tough fighting in Iraq uh, and in Syria as these battles continue to unfold. And Colonel Garver said uh, about a week or so ago as well that there are some very visible signs that the Islamic State organization is weakening, but they're preparing for some tough fights to come. I want to make sure I understood you correctly. Were you saying that you think that they will just essentially cede Mosul to the coalition, or do you expect a big, tough fight there? No, I think that it will be a tough fight. What I think there, what I think they will do is they will have to make some decisions about uh, perhaps towns and uh, portions of uh, areas in which we're operating that they will they will not they will not defend. They will not expend a lot of their efforts in order to kind of focus on those things that are most important to them. Um, so you know, I think in some areas we'll be able to move uh, uh, perhaps a little bit more quickly. But I, I do expect, based on what I've uh, what we've seen here in Manbij, what we've experienced 
as we get we are we are at a point here where we are now into we are really into the heart of the caliphate uh, we are we are moving into Mosul we are moving towards uh, towards Raqqa here very very soon and these are extraordinarily important cities for us and so you know as, as I as I learned in my career and as I encourage my uh, commanders here we have to respect our enemy uh, and he is going to defend what he has what he has taken and hold held for a long period of time and so we should expect that there will be hard and difficult fighting there there will be extensive use of IEDs there will be uh, very difficult urban fighting there will be a mixture of civilians and and fighting forces in there they will use civilians as uh, as shields for them as we've seen them do in a variety of locations and that will make it more challenging for our for our people we will have to be more deliberate we will have to be more careful as we proceed through that but i am confident that in the end we will prevail uh through that so i think they will they will they will some areas they will not concentrate in but other areas they definitely will concentrate in do you think it can be done by the end of the year like the prime minister suggested or asked? Well, as, as, I, as, I, think as I mentioned before, it's the prime minister's objective to have that done by the end of the year. And uh, right now, I think, uh, you know, obviously that they, they own the timeline in this. So we're, we're supporting them with this. Uh, my, my indications are, my assessment is, is that we can, we can meet the uh, we can meet the, the prime minister's uh, objectives if that's, that's what he chooses to do. And as that mission to find, disrupt, downgrade, and destroy ISIL continues just hours before we finished this podcast. Came news that the architect of ISIL's external plots and the head of that unit, Abu Muhammad al-Adnani, had been killed in an airstrike in Syria. This is someone who has been a senior leader in ISIL. He's been responsible for ISIL's external plotting, been directly responsible for recruiting foreign fighters, uh, also been responsible for encouraging attacks against the West, against civilians and military personnel in the West. Uh, he's been their chief spokesman, as you know, the mouthpiece for ISIL. So again, his elimination uh, would be a significant blow to ISIL, a uh, significant blow to ISIL's leadership, and importantly, uh, a significant step in reducing uh, ISIL's ability to conduct external attacks outside of Iraq and Syria. We have actively been looking for Adnani for some time, given his prominent role within the organization. And I'm not going to get into intelligence or operational matters, uh, but we have already confirmed for you all that we conducted a precision strike yesterday targeting Adnani uh, near Al-Bab, Syria, uh, and we are still assessing the result. Pentagon spokesman Peter Cook on August 31st. It's getting harder and harder to find terrorists. And coming up in our next episode, 10 years ago, when you became head of the CIA, you gave us the very first broadcast interview. And in that interview, you said, during the Cold War, America's enemies were hard to kill, but easy to find. But now it is exactly the opposite. They're easy to kill, but hard to find. That was 10 years ago. What is the problem <laughs> with, with this <laughs> situation? Right now, I mean, why? Why? Well, actually, let me, let me make you let me make your day worse. They've gotten harder to find in the ten years. The dynamic you describe is one I really believed in and still believe. In. Michael Hayden, former NSA director and former CIA director, and arguably the director of the Central Intelligence Agency that served during the most critical time in modern history, talks specifically about why 
It's so hard to find terrorists and why it's getting worse. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. You know, if like the rest of the whole world, you're all caught up in the what the f*** did Donald tweet today game, good news. Podcast One's got a few shows that you need to download pronto. There's Breitbart's Milo Yiannopoulos. A weekly discussion of all things technology, media, video games, politics, internet culture, and of course, the dreaded social justice warriors. Former Clinton White House advisor Dick Morris. Hillary, I worked as her chief advisor for 20 years. I know her, and she should not be president. Weekly Standard editor Bill Kristol. We're fighting a war against radical Islam, but the president of the United States won't call it a war, and he won't mention radical Islam. And all the editors of The Standard get together to do a weekly confab. Welcome to The Confab. I'm Eric Felton. Download Milo, Dick, Bill, and The Confab today on the Podcast One app, or subscribe at podcastone.com.